Blessed Merry Christmas. Today is December 25th, 2019, and it is Christmas Day here in Manteca, California. Welcome to Kingdom 202, which is the School of Supernatural and Prophetic Ministry, uh, coming from usually 1914 Trades on Boulevard in San Jose, California. The zip code there, 95131. The phone number for the ministry, 408-945-4439. I'm talking about Astounding Love, a global church fellowship. And I'm Pastor Lindsay Lee, wishing you, uh, blessing you. I will say it again with a Merry Christmas. I don't plan to be very long tonight, but I'm going to follow the flow of the Spirit of God. And we will have this wonderful conversation. I'm going to explain for those that are students of the Kingdom, uh, the School of Prophetic Ministry and Supernatural Ministry, at the church, um, some of what to expect with Kingdom 202. But more than that, I'm going to spend um, some moments speaking to those of you that are surfing Periscope and you found us, as well as those that on purpose looked for us. We're gonna pray. We're gonna probably do a little bit more praying than um, I typically do. We're going to have a wonderful conversation and then you're going to continue on with your Christmas, and I'm going to continue on with mine, and we're going to continue on in the things of God as well. That's my prayer. Father, I bless you. I thank you for the words that you give to us tonight. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have something specific that you want to say and that there are people that you want to touch, whose lives you want to touch. You've touched my life. You have absolutely changed it. And I thank you for the honor of being a vessel of God in this time. I thank you for perfecting the things that concern all of us. And I thank you for a blessed Christmas day. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. So what I want to talk to you about, and I hope you had a great dinner and all that fun stuff. We're actually in my living room, and I'm having to look up high because the camera's a little bit higher than I'm used to, but that's okay. I think that's supposed to be really good for you when you get older. Over 21, you're supposed to be photographed when you head looking up anyway, so... We'll go for it. A <laughs> um, couple of things. Number one, there are a number of people that I know that this Christmas is their first Christmas without individuals that were in their lives last year, whether it was uh, a relationship that had seemed to be going very well and suddenly it ended, or you had to say goodbye to a beloved parent or spouse sibling, friend, but there are a number of people that were here on December 25th, 2018, and they're no longer present on the earth. And so you could be feeling a little disconnected. I don't know what you're feeling. I don't want to project any feelings on you, but I will simply say that there's an understanding of the fact that this is what happens sometimes in our lives and frankly it sucks it, it's 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 not our favorite moments so we're going to spend a few moments praying uh with regard to that and we're going to uh i'm going to pray for you that's what i'm going to say another thing that um i think we want to talk about i'm going to talk about looking forward and pressing into next year i want to talk about um what else let's see I want to talk to you about you, and I simply want to bless you with, uh, well, I don't know, good words. How about that? I'm also, if you see me preoccupied, it's because I was going to try to just send 
um, a message to let them know that the battery's running low on my uh, computer, so I may need my cord. So if you see invisible hands, I mean visible hands, reaching in to hand me a cord to plug up my laptop, and it's because otherwise it's going to black out, and that wouldn't be cool. So um, I think it's actually in my kitchen, hanging in the wall or something. Okay, one other thing. I want to explain to you what Kingdom 202 is all about. So let's start with that, and we'll end up ending with prayer time. Kingdom 202 is basically going to talk about life in the kingdom of God. And it is going to be, thank you, it is going to be from the victory perspective. So what we're going to be doing over the next couple of months is we're going to engage in a conversation about, or no, activation. That's a better word for it. Activating your kingdom power. We did a little bit of that last week. Um, when we just kind of were going through the word and we started simply to speak to situations. Kingdom 202 is about activating uh, your sonship, activating your connection to the spirit of God and about really living the genuine life of a kingdom citizen, living the supernatural, superhuman life that we are called to live. There is a reality. This is our supernatural reality. That we are more than mere men. That we are something that is called um, one new man. That has been, that is filled with the spirit of the living God. That is empowered to be able to speak words into the earth that create or change circumstances and situations. We are able to stop things that the ordinary individual feels helpless about. And having a, a recognition of kingdom identity and having the right vocabulary are some very powerful tools that we exercise. Many people that walk in what they call a relationship with God walk in a very weak, um, kind of kind of anemic kind of kind of thing. It lacks blood. It lacks the power of the blood of Jesus that enables you to be able to walk and talk and live and do on a, on a divine level, on the level that heaven expects it to be done. I want to turn your attention to the book of Ephesians chapter 2 because this is really the scripture that I think uh, for me in, in this part of this class is defining what it is and why it is, I should say, our motivation. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, and I'm simply going to read it out of the King James type of Bible. And we want to look at verse 10. Actually, this I'm going to read verse, start from verse 1 because I like to do that. But verse 10 is where we're going to key in. And we talked about this, I know, last week. And I want to pick up on it some more. It says, you, he has quickened, or you, he has made alive. And then it says, um, who were dead in your sins, dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, or you walked according to the power of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. And it's interesting that he says, this is the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, because it's another way of saying, that's not the spirit that works in you anymore. So because we, we look at what the word says, you are free made free. Christ has made you free from the law, the law of life, of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the spirit 
uh, of sin and death, or from the from the spirit of, or the law of sin and death. You are free from the law of sin and death. You are no longer finding yourself to be one, as it says here, who walks now in the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air, which is the spirit that works in the children of disobedience. That's not you. That is not a description of a kingdom citizen, and that is not the description of one that is born from above. So anytime a person uses uh, the, the, the situation or the scenario that we're struggling with sin, we're saying that the spirit, that that spirit uh, that works in the sons of disobedience or that works in the, the children of disobedience, that works in the flesh, has more, uh, has more power in your life than the power of the law of the spirit of life that comes through Christ Jesus. And I'm going to say to you that is absolutely not true. We may think that it is true. We may act as if it is true. But the Bible says it is not so. And so what we have to do is make that trade from the beliefs, the beliefs that keep you bound to a life that you are no longer you're no longer even connected to legally, spiritually, legally, and get us, get you back uh, connected, locked in to the truth of your, of your life. Obviously, I'm talking to people that are born from above, but I'm also talking to people that are outside of this to let you know that this is what you would expect if you chose to make and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are not coming into a religion. You're not coming into some kind of ordinary life where the only thing that's changed is that you've gone from non-Christian to Christian. That's that's not it at all. If anybody has presented life such as uh, that to you, powerless, weak, anemic, they're ignorant of what they have in the Word of God. If you know somebody that is zealous, from Jesus, always telling you Jesus this, Jesus that, but they live like raggedy little critters or something, or you, you're looking at them thinking, man, if this is all Jesus can do, you can keep it. I'm just here to tell you, your friends are ignorant, straight up. They're living wrong, and they ha but they have access to something that you don't. You can, you can judge them, you can criticize them if you want to, but the truth of the matter is, once they tap into their identity and who they are, you will see a superhuman manifest, which means whew, come out right in front of you and it's it's better than anything marvel or dc or any of them are ever going to put out because this is the real deal and it doesn't have a director yelling cut at the end of it and it's not just something that you can find in a comic book it is the real life of those that are called by god to live and walk in the things of god to be a supernatural superhuman person and that's what we will continue to talk about in kingdom 202 we look at life from the victory perspective. We don't look at anything from the perspective of it might not work. We don't look at anything from the kingdom perspective. We don't see anything as being, man, we got to cross our fingers and cross our eyes and do all this other stuff in hopes that it works. There is no such thing as I hope it works. And the reason for it, let's keep going in Ephesians and I'll show you why. He says here in verse three, among also whom also... We all had our conversation or our citizenship or our identity in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. You fulfilled the desires of your flesh and the desires of your mind walking in that, in that darkness. This is what it, the Bible says so. And you were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. It was our nature. See, that's the, that, that was the natural state of our being 
before the supernatural in invasion of goodness and power of God before the, the kingdom of God invaded that ter that territory, which was us and took over from the former ruling um, spirits, which was darkness and pushed that stuff out and said that we now occupy that the spirit of God, that the Holy spirit, that Jesus, that father occupy us as kingdom territory. And we became citizens of the kingdom. But before that happened to us, before we ever prayed, before we ever declared Jesus is Lord, we lived natural. We lived in the futility of our mind. We lived according to the desires of your flesh. That's why you found yourself in places you shouldn't have been doing stuff you shouldn't have been doing with folks you should never have had anything to do with. That's precisely why it happened. It was natural to do wrong. It was natural to fail. It was natural to sin. It was natural to follow your flesh and do whatever felt right, whatever felt good. And feelings were always your, uh, I'll say it this way, you were led like a dog on a leash by your feelings. Okay, or maybe your feelings were like the dog on the leash and you were following because anybody thinks they're walking the dog, the dog actually walks you. At least that's the way it looks. All right. Anyway, <laughs> verse four, it says, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, he has quickened us or made us alive together with Christ because by grace you are saved. So Everybody, I'm not good enough to be a Christian. You got that right, Skippy. You're not. But the grace of God caused it to be that even though you're not good enough, I wasn't good enough, nobody on the planet is good enough to be saved. It had to be the act of grace. It had to be God extending to say, no, you're on your own, in your flesh, in your natural state of being without God. No, you're not. But that's exactly why salvation came because you could not save yourself. So it took Jesus to save all of us. Yay. And today we're celebrating really the season of his conception, but most people sing happy birthday, Jesus. And I think he's okay with that because every day from the moment he, he hit it, every day was Christmas. Okay. Um, verse six, he has raised us up together and may we were raised up together and made to sit together in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus, a whole different realm of existence, the heavenly realm, not the, not simply the, just the spiritual realm, but the heavenly realm, the realm where God is the realm that is above the principalities or the demonic spirits, the, the, the realm where you are rendered empowered to be what God intended for you to be. Those are some of the things that are going to unfold over the weeks as we talk this course out. And hey, I'll probably be teaching it in Biblical Solutions for Life on Sundays at 9.45 a.m. as well. So let's go to verse 7. All this happened that in the ages to come, he might show, God could show, the exceeding riches of his grace. You see, there's, there's, there's riches, there's wealth, there's, there is uh, prosperity, there's fullness. There is, you know, some people, um, if they want to be ridiculous, religious about it, they'll just tell you, oh, it's all spirit. No, it isn't. 
it's the same three dimensions that man is. If man was only spirit, then I could see it all just being spirit. But man is spirit, man has a soul, and man has a, lives in a body, and so do women, okay? We're spirit, we have souls, which are minds, wills, emotions, temperaments, all of that. And we express all of that through our physical body. So God did not do one third. I take care of you on one third, but the other two thirds, it's up to you. Good luck. I hope you have a good life in the earth. Call me if you need me. And if it, if it lines up with a spirit thing, I'll help you. But if it's a soul thing or if it's a physical thing, I can't help you because, hey, I'm just spirit. Didn't work that way. How do I know? Because Jesus walked the earth. And Jesus um, is spirit. Jesus, the man, uh, walked with a mind, a will, and emotions. The Bible tells us he had a mind because we have his mind, the mind of Christ. And his physical body was crucified on, on that cross, therefore. And everything he did, and he touched people, and he touched them physically, he ate. I know you hate to hear this, but baby Jesus had to have his diapers changed. So uh, apparently he had all the equipment. He had everything that was necessary. Oh, it just hurts your heart to hear about Jesus being spoken of as a child with a diaper change. But uh, the man was crucified on the cross, right? And then got up. Well, before he ever became the man that was at the cross, he had to be the baby in the manger. And when you have babies, you got a lot of work that you got to do. Because, yes, Jesus, whoa, the Savior. But at that particular time, he was subject to marry his mother. He needed his mother. Get that, okay? All right, somebody was feeding that baby. Somebody was changing that baby. If you've ever had one or you've been one, I'm tr trust me on this. You may not remember being a baby, but whoever took care of you, they had a memory of you as a child, and they probably have stories to tell. So it's just look at it this way. It's, it's God sent his son to be what he created us to be so that we have the example through the Lord Jesus Christ or Jesus of Nazareth. We have the example of how you can live life with the power, the supernatural power and authority of heaven coming from God and live in this earth being taught by the Holy Spirit to do what it is that God desired done. So keep going in scripture, but it's just something to think about. I also want to tell you this. I have a few uh, folks here because we have been watching um, one of my daughter and our, our favorite um, programs called Thunderbirds or Go because I like cartoon kind of stuff. And we've actually had a bit of a mini marathon watching that today. So, no, I haven't been super, super spiritual, uh, but I've had this resting on the inside of me. But these are things that the Spirit of the Lord wants us to hear. And what I'm releasing in the earth, again, it's for the astounding love people. Sure it is. But it's also for any online students that we may have for our school. It's not, uh, it's not something that's exclusive to our church and our ministry. It's for whoever has ears to hear and desires to know the truth about why are you in this earth. And I will say this again because I haven't forgotten. We're also talking to people that are missing someone or, or a series of people today. And this Christmas is not your favorite day. Maybe somebody died at this time last year. But today, healing comes to your heart. Today, spirits of grief will be, uh, will run from you, will be removed from you. Today, you're going to express, uh, experience a lightness and a change in your life if, that, if I'm talking to you. I'm not telling you that you won't still miss the person. 
but I am going to tell you that the, that the invasion of the power of God's love will come into you today and fill those areas of you that have just been so lonely and the grief will leave you. The grief cannot rule you and will not um, be con allowed to continue to dominate within you in the name of Jesus. The Bible says here, verse 8, Ephesians chapter 2, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, the gift of God. Grace is the gift of God. Man didn't give it first. Man may extend grace, but grace is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So even it's kind of interesting because, you know, some people would make it think, cause you to think that works are evil. Works are not evil in and of themselves. But what God is saying is there are some things that happen in your life that your works never could have got you. You, you, on you on your best day or your worst day. Your chances of, get, of making grace for yourself were the equal. Not going to happen. It happened because God gifted it to mankind, to humanity. That's what he's done. And so it, it's, it's not a toil. You, you can't labor to get grace. You can't work really hard, starve yourself, uh, clean up the church building, do all the good deeds, help people cross the street, feed people, do all this. That does not earn you grace because grace cannot be earned. Grace is a gift. That's what he's saying. So no man can boast, hey, I got it. To, you know, I get up in the mornings, I do this, I do that, and go through the whole litany of all of their wonderful personality things and say, that's why I am graced. It would be a lie. You are graced because God has gifted it. And that's what the Bible says. So salvation is a gift of grace. God extended it and made it so that it's legal for every human being on the planet if they serve the devil with gusto yesterday or even up until this minute and then decided they're going to change camps and they want to serve Jesus, guess what that means? That means that they can. They can change. You can change. You can walk away from the stupidity of sin and walk into the sanity that comes through salvation. You can do it. It's allowed. God actually set it up for you to do it that way because that's what he wants for you. So take that and put that in there too and, and hold on to that because it, it, it will work really great things in you. And then here we go. Verse 9, not of works, lest any man should boast. Chapter, verse 10, for we are his, meaning God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk into, walk in them. So let's look at, let's break that down a little bit. It says, we are, and he was talking to those, you know, he, he it's on two levels. First of all, all of men were crafted by God. I don't care how many times they try to clone people and do all this. You cannot clone the spirit, the breath of God. You can't do it. You can try to create a monster if you want to, but only God gives life. Man doesn't. Man doesn't do that. Man doesn't have the capacity except through what God has given us. So we are his workmanship. And that's another thing that tells you that's why you can't change 
what the Bible says to mean what you want it to mean and think that and call it truth. You can take any word and you can twist it any way you want to. But I guarantee you something. I don't, if you twist it, it's no longer God's word. God's word is God's word. And he says what he means. It's his will for everyone to be healed. It's his will for everyone to be saved. It's his will for his people, for everyone to, to his people to walk in prosperity. Why do I say it that way? Because healing is something people say, oh, no, you know, we just trust God. But you go for it when you go to the hospital or the doctor or whatever it is because you want, you want to feel good. You want to feel well. You want to live in a house as opposed to a hut, most of us. Um, you may live on the streets. You may live out there because you feel that you're not worthy to have a roof over your head, um, okay? Or you may, your circumstances are such that you've been duped into believing that because you're such a dirty, low down, no good, whatever it is that they're calling you, that you don't deserve anything better. And so there's all these reasons that individuals have. It's not always... Uh, simply because you've done the drug thing and it, kicked, it got you kicked out into the streets because nobody wants you in their home anymore. Sometimes that's the reason. There's a number of reasons why people live in desperate situations or in, in circumstances that are less than the will of God for them. But I'm going to tell you this. Whatever the situation is that you're in, especially if it's a negative one, that's not God's will for your life. It is not God's will for you to be homeless. It is not God's will for you to be sick. It is not God's will for you to be broken down and broke. It is not God's will for you to be scrambling around trying to figure out where your next meal is going to come from. It is not God's will for you to live anything in your life that is contrary to the way that he created things for you. He says we are his workmanship. He crafted man. The Bible says it in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. God created man. God said, I'm creating man in my image. God is not living on the streets. God's not sick. God's not broke. God's not crazy. God's not any of the things that people sometimes are. Those are evidence of the touch of a demonic hand on your life. And I will continue to say it. And I don't care how much you try to exegete it and try to exit it out of your belief system. God said it. And so you're not going to change what he said. You can twist it into uh hermeneutics you can you can do it into this kind of thing scholarly this and all of these historical blah 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 you can do all of that junk that you want to do but at the end of the day you didn't create the earth god did and he knows exactly what he meant and he said it the way that he wants it and that's the way he set it up and if you don't want to live like that that's up to you but you get, don't get to change what he said you don't get to make the rules um, that run the kingdom of god the king does that and his name is god okay so moving right along Chapter uh, 2, verse 10, Ephesians, you are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, meaning it all comes through Jesus. Our, this creation, this new, one new man came through Jesus Christ, came through the sacrifice, came through everything that he did that pertains to life and the godliness or the godlike way the way God likes it, the way God wants it. That's what we're talking about. When you say you be like God, be like God wants you to be. And then he says, which God has before ordained or foreordained that we should walk in them. What does that say? God has a plan for your life. That's the simplest way to look at this. God has works that he wants to work through you. Things that, that are 
bigger than the ordinary. They're God level, God standard type of living. Means that you have to think differently from I can't, I don't see how, I don't understand, and all of that other kind of stuff. <coughs> Excuse me. This is what we're seeing in what this word says, that this is God's plan. So, wow, superhuman, supernatural. That's the first part of what I want to say, because, again, that means we have to, we get to, and yes, we have to, because when you live at God's standard, you live from God's point of view. Victory all the time, 24 7, 365 and beyond. God never has a bad day. God never has a day when he just doesn't know how he's going to make it. God never has a day when he's sitting there on his throne with his head in his hands trying to figure out how he's going to feed all these people on the earth. It just doesn't happen. It will never happen. And that's a reason to thank him. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for these uh, amazing, amazing truths of your word. We are your workmanship. We were created in you. Um, you did this. You did it. We're God's handiwork. This is the Amplified Bible. It says we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew. Born through Jesus, see, born from above, that we may do those good works which God predestined or planned beforehand for us, taking paths which He prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life which He prearranged and made ready for us to live. Why does it say the good life? Because that's the only kind of life God can give you is a good one. Now, I understand, and I'm sure you do too. Everybody does not choose it, but it's available to them. Not everyone that hears the mess, the true message of salvation will receive it. Everybody, unfortunately, will not choose it, but it's available to them. Everybody does not cho choose to be forgiven. There are a number of people that call themselves Christians that walk around continually in a place of sorrow or darkness in their thinking because they're still connected to some past sin, some vile work that they did. And when they think that way, they're thinking of, oh, maybe a sexual sin. Maybe it was something that they did to betray somebody. Maybe it was somebody that they caused to die. Uh, maybe it was cheating on a spouse. But it's something that has shame connected to it. And they walk in the, the deception of the shame instead of the reality of the forgiveness that comes through the blood of Jesus. What can I tell you about that? Except to say, maybe today is your day to understand that the Bible, when it says that we're forgiven by the blood of Jesus, that that is an intentional act of God. That the shameful, horrible things that men and women do, and even children do, things that we do to each other, the things that we do to ourselves. 
the darkness, the horror, whatever it happens to be, that nothing that we've ever done has been hidden from the sight of God. And not one thing, I don't care how awful it is, will cause him to fold up a scroll and say, I withdraw my forgiveness from mankind. God understands something that maybe you don't. He knows that all sin is connected to the original sinner, which is Satan. That he knows that any person that commits a sin commits it under the influence of a dark, evil spirit. He understands that Satan's influence, and all it is is Satan influences men, women, children, to choose to turn away from light, to stay in darkness, and then to do things that totally take them out of their own natural mind, and they they deal with the perverted mind of the devil. What am I telling you? God will never forgive the devil because he, he he's just out of it. He is a sworn enemy. He tried to overtake. I don't know why, but he already shows you he's lacking in sense. He thought that he could be, he could best God. He thought this created little twerp thought he could be better than his creator. And that's the arrogance that many times you'll see exhibited in many men and women. You don't need God. You don't need him. You just, all you need is faith in yourself. That's not going to get you very far. Okay. Um, but God understands is what I'm telling you. He saw you at the time that the sin was committed. He knew you were going to commit it before you did. And forgiveness was in place before you ever did anything that you've done. Forgiveness for you was in place before you were born. Forgiveness is available to you when you choose to take it. It's a gift. Forgiveness is, a, is an extension of the grace of God. And you are forgiven. Whether you choose to walk in that forgiveness, whether you choose to receive that forgiveness, whether or not you choose to believe that God really intends to forgive you. You're telling me or somebody else you don't know what I've done is totally redundant. It's, it's a waste of your time because God, through the blood of Jesus, through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, has already legally forgiven you forever. Take it. If you are born from above especially and you're walking with a guilt complex, or you're walking with plan, a guilt complex because you plan to sin within the next 24 hours and you just don't see how you can be forgiven, you know, you can roll it back and you can remember that you're God's handiwork and that he has works that are foreordained for you to perform, that he wants to work through you to, to exhibit and relinqu uh, release his kingdom and that the power to vanquish, I love that word. I also like the car. You have to look that car up. It's so, so gorgeous. But anyway, um, the power to vanquish your uh, tendency. Uh, I'll try to use smaller words tonight. Your tendency towards living in darkness. He'll show you how to turn the light on so that you don't have to do that anymore. And I think that's a marvelous thing to have on Christmas, because Christmas Day, 
Grace is a gift to you. Forgiveness is a gift to you. Jesus is our gift. And through him, we have grace. Through him, we have forgiveness of our sins. Through him, we have the ability. He, he gave us the Holy Spirit. Through him, we have the ability to walk in power over the things that we have been subject to for so long. So those are some of the things that I wanted to say about that. Remember, it's the victory perspective. And as I was telling you, we've been sitting here. Um, we have our friend Leslie here. She's a church member. And she's also a friend. So Leslie Choi is here today. And my daughter, Arena is also here. If you have questions before I go into this last part for the day, then you can go ahead and text Arena, And you can ask her if you don't have her phone number. I think that she's also watching, so you could probably type it in on your comments. If there are negative comments, people that are uh, watching, don't pay any attention to that. Because that's the first thing I'm going to go ahead and address right now. That in the name of Jesus... We release the power of forgiveness to those that are ignorant, to those that walk in self-condemnation, to those that have listened to the twisted lies of Satan for so long that they have not found the right mind that you intended for them to have. I speak a release tonight in Jesus' name of all those that have been crying out on the inside of their hearts, those that have been tormented by darkness, those that have been tormented by past mistakes, sins, um, acts and, and things that they have committed against others, crimes that they have truly been guilty of as humans in the earth, but uh, that tonight they will cry out for the forgiveness and receive the forgiveness of God and understand the provision that you have made for them, Father. I speak that the angels that are dispatched and assigned for salvation, assigned for release, assigned for the liberty and setting the captives free are loose to go and do the works that you desire. That there are people that are um, watching, even for a moment, for just this time. Because this is the prayer that they have needed. To hear somebody say, God forgives you. To remember that there was a woman that had been in an adulterous situation with a man. The man was set free or loosed. But the woman was brought before Jesus to be stoned. But Jesus released the compassion of the king. And he said, let the one that is without sin throw the first stone. Nobody could do that. But he said to the woman, where are those that condemn you? And she said, or who is there left to condemn you? And she said, there's no one here, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. That may sound like, uh, what do you mean go and sin no more? He gave her, through those words, the power to change her life. He let her know. You are free from condemnation and you are free to live a different life from what you have lived up till now. And in his name, I release that freedom to you who are listening. In the name of Jesus, you are not condemned. Go and sin no more. Thank you, Lord. I praise you, Jesus. Thank you for your truth. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. And to those that are outraged with a religious indignation that I would say such a thing, I say to you in the name of Jesus, cease to be a Pharisee. Cease to be one that wants other people to pay for your sins. Cease to walk in ignorance and an outrage against the freedoms that Jesus has bought for you. You are free 
to find out what your capacity for forgiveness is. You are free to discover how amazing you are meant to be in this life. You are free to dream the dreams that God has given to you, that God has for you. You are free to change and to discover for yourself exactly what kind of power and authority is available to you as a son of God. I release forgiveness to you tonight in the name of Jesus. And Father, we pray for the men and the women, the boys, the girls, those that are still here in the earth that have had to say goodbye to mothers or fathers, sons, daughters, brothers, sisters, friends, um, spouses, whatever it happens to be. I pray tonight and I release your love and your compassion and I release the power of these words to vanquish, to demolish, and to annihilate all spirits of grief that have been dominating minds. I release the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus into souls, into minds, wills, and emotions, into the areas where they feel that their heart is just going to break, that, that we release the oil of joy for the spirit of, of heaviness. We release the power of the presence of God and your yearning for them that they'll come alive to the truth of your word and come alive to the value that you have placed upon their lives. I thank you, Father, that you're doing that for us, for our, in our own Astounding Love family, that you do it for whoever desires to relinquish the pain to you so that you can take what, what, you, that what you did not put upon them and instead give them the healing for their hearts, give them the healing for their minds and the healing for their emotions. I release the compassion of God. I release the compassion of Jesus into your lives, into whoever needs it. Take it because it is made available to you in Jesus' name. And I think that's really about all that I had to say for tonight. That you are loved with the everlasting love of God. That you were blessed to be a blessing and ever so much more. That anything that hurts you, you can relinquish it to God. And he takes it because legally he has the right to do that. That you are free to learn about what your true identity is through Jesus Christ. You are loved with an everlasting love of God. You are forgiven. He has provided salvation for you. He has provided everything that you need. And he has a plan for your life that is better than any plan that you could come up with your, on your own. And it would deliver you from the, the course of destruction or loneliness or self-pity or continual repetitive sins, the cycle uh, that you've gone through, that the love of God and, the, and, the, and taking on his plan for you will change your course. You won't walk the course, as the Bible talks about, that takes you into, oh, doing things at the will of Satan, but instead the will of God will be made known to you. So I thank you for joining us tonight. Um, we are Astounding Love, a global church fellowship. 
Our address is 1914 Trade Zone Boulevard in San Jose, California. Our zip code is 95131 and our telephone number is 408-945-4439. Our website is www.astoundinglove.org. Typically on a Wednesday night, this is the time when we receive the tithes and offerings. So to the church members, you guys go ahead and press the donate button and do what you do. I bless you with a Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for spending this time. And let me tell you something. You can go to the website or you can just email contact us at astoundinglove.org. Send in your prayer request. Send in your testimonies. Oh, one more thing I need to do. If you have sickness in your body right now, colds, congestion, uh, whatever the symptoms, back aches, necks, legs, whatever, from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet, anything that you're feeling internally, anything, a bad diagnosis that you've been given by a doctor, or you are harbored by the belief that God wants you sick. He doesn't. And so I release to you now, I say to you, in the name of Jesus, be healed in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, be free. And in the name of Jesus, be whole. Thank you for joining us again. Merry Christmas. We will be back on Sunday at 9.45 a.m. and 11.45 a.m. for our Biblical Solutions for Life. Um, that's it. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas and good night.